Thanks for coming back for episode 10 of the By Chance Podcast. Whether you're a new listener or you've been following all along, please take the time out to rate, review, and refer the By Chance Podcast. You're doing this because I've asked nicely and I've been using my inside voice. So hit the hearts on SoundCloud and drop those five stars on iTunes because CMB, we all we got. Any chance to drop a new Jack City reference is a good thing. We need more Nino Browns and less G monies in this world to make America great again. Nonetheless, episode 10 stories being told by none other than Jay. That's Jay Soul, not Jay Del Negro. Jay helped me out with episode eight, dumped at the 60 minute mark, which was one of my better received episodes. So listen to it if you haven't. And if you have, listen to it again, because it's well worth it. After having a conversation with one of his peers, Jay decides that he isn't enjoying the ride as much as he may have liked to. It's a great story and it's pretty authentic. So authentic, in fact, it picks up with me sitting around scrolling through my Instagram feed. See if you can figure out exactly what I'm looking at. Hope you enjoy the show. Because I, I was, it's like an oddity. I'm just staring at it like this is, this is odd. This is strange. Big old fake booties. My bad. Got some strawberries. I didn't even know she had strawberries in there. <laughs> so you're gonna be a grown ass man and just eat some strawberries in front of me. That's a very artsy thing to do, ain't it? Artsy? No, it's not. It's, it, no. No? Okay. It's tempting. It's tempting, that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> so what are we talking about? Um, enjoying the ride, man. What are talking about? Uh, I started off by asking me something, though. Right? Not really. We're just having a conversation, so it doesn't have to uh, come off like an interview per se. Uh, we still had the same talk about how you said you were... Speaking with a gentleman last night at the Dilla event, and that guy said, to you, what? Oh yeah, so last night, right, I'm at the Dilla event, Be More Dilla, and um, I had just got off stage to do, from doing the um, the production battle, right? Was it was it like a scoring thing? Like, was it judged, or was it just like... Nah, you know what, it was just basically like just... You flip these, you flip these songs that Jay Dilla sampled, mm-hmm. and basically um, come up with your own creations. You could use any part of the song. You didn't have to use the part that he used. Was it? Was it? You knew going into it, or was it like a freestyle? No, nah, we did everything. You do Before. everything in your studio, okay. bring it there, whatever. Right. So. I ain't have to make the beat on the spot nothing crazy like that. Because you ain't that nice, but whatever. I'm I, I am I am not that nice. I'm just gonna go ahead and take the humble route. I'm not that nice. But um as I eat my strawberry, that is I'm gonna tell your wife about you, man. It's like, hey, 
<laughs> Chanel, Chanel, right? Yeah. Hell, you like you used to easy trouble in front. But nah, like, so I was like, we got off stage and we on the, you know, on the side, and they getting set up for a march to hit, mm-hmm. and I was just telling him like, yo, he was saying to me like, he was like, yo, your beats are crazy, your joints sound like you ready, you ready. And I'm saying to him, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm trying to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The cat I was talking to, his name was Jay Funk. And I was just like, yo, like, he's he's produced, you know, for artists on Def Jam. And, you know, he had a, a really great run. He's an awesome producer, a great drummer. And so I, I was like, yo, I feel like I need to keep working to reach your status. And so um, he was just like, nah, yo, he was like, you... You in it, like this is the moment, like you in the moment. Right. And I was just like, oh, like I've always been the type of person that feel like as I'm striving for something, I don't pay attention to anything else but what I'm striving for. And I don't kind of enjoy the moment. I just, I'm straightforward, I got the blinders on. You got the laser focus. Yeah, I got laser focus, yo. And he was just like, nah, yo, he was like, you in the moment now. He was like, this, this the moment. Like, you're you already here. And so I was like, huh. He was like, yo, just enjoy, like, enjoy the moment. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? He right. Because, like, I've been I've been doing music, or I've been in the music business since 2001. I started off, you know, just doing, like, open mics and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually put out a record in, like, 2004. Doing that whole... Bohemian hippie... It was... <laughs> <laughs> nah, the... For anybody who, like, like really, like, back in the day, they was called Soul Eclectic 77. Those were my demos. <laughs> so, but I was selling them like they were CDs. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I was, like, I was going hard, so... You know what I mean? I was they were some very bad recordings and I was selling them for five dollars. So there's somebody out there with some five dollar recordings of mine. If they kept that desk, that just sound awful. But whatever. I was fearless, baby. Anyway. So during that whole process of making these little demos and all that, I never thought about the experience I was having. I just wanted to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So 2004, I put out my first record. I go on the road for the first time. The record was called Urban Retrospective. I go on the road for the first time. Got a little bit of props. Like, found out what it felt like to sell a record in Cambodia. Nah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, my first international record sale was in Cambodia. How how random is that? You know what I mean? But whatever. So, I'm like getting a little taste of it. I'm getting used to it or whatever. I'm still doing shows. And uh, I started, like, as my performing and stuff went and started, I started growing. I started getting better gigs. And then I finally got to some marquee kind of, you know, major artist type that I started doing shows with. Mm-hmm. And even then, during that time, I never really, like, documented it. I ain't never, like, take photos. I ain't saved none of the flyers. Because I wasn't, at the time, I was like, these moments are going to keep happening. I'm just going to keep going and going until I get the big payoff and so I wasn't worried about it because I said it'll happen again and that went on for like 10 12 years where I just didn't save nothing like I didn't save I didn't save no flyers no posters I didn't do shows with you know Bilal and 
lettucey. I'm talking about lettucey before. She was just lettuce. Right, when she was just lettuce. No, no. Let us see. Now I mean, but now she you no, know, but when people was pronouncing her name Ladisi. Ladisi. People was calling her Ladisi back then, alright, you know what I'm saying? This is before All Right and her big records came out or whatever, and she was like in the DC area. And I was doing shows with her, man. Um, and a lot of my friends went on to like be nominated for Grammys, like Anthony David, Wayne, Art Robeson. And these are people that I came up with. And I was just like, I'm gonna get my chance. I'm gonna get my my Grammy nod. Like I, I, I'm just gonna stay focused. And I never was enjoying the fact that I was doing shows with these people. These are my friends. The experiences of going to the studios with them and documenting all that stuff. And so I don't have a lot of documentation of the stuff I've done. Do you think those? That's nice. Whatever that is. What is that? What's that song? What is that song? That song. That is my ringtone. It is actually a J. Dilla ringtone. It is. Uh, I think twice. But uh. You think those you know, people you mentioned they kept stuff? Um, did they? What was the question again? You think you think they kept those? Is, is they Some were, people did, yeah. Like, cause, cause, like, I'll talk to them. I'll go over their crib, or go in the studio, over their studio, whatever. And they have pictures and they have flyers and stuff. Like, I remember, like, here's a girl, a perfect example. Back in 2005, Raheem Devon was a fr- you know a friend of mine or whatever back then, and it's still now, but. Back then, he had just got signed. And so his thing was, he was like, yo, I'm going to do this, like, um, soul review kind of thing at this place called um, Tacoma Station. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have, like, the top singers in the area come through, and they're going to be, like, residents. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be under my name, under the Raheem Devon name, but I'm going to have, like, only my top dudes and right. artists or whatever. And so he had this big flyer that he made, yo. And knowing that it was, it was him, it was Wayna, my Mona Youssef, Myself and uh, W. Ellington Felton, right? Now, out of the five of us, three of those people have been nominated for Grammys. Back in 2005, ain't none of us see that. Mm-hmm. So I never held on to any of the flyers. You know, I, we did the shows, but I never held on to none of the flyers. I never took pictures, never documented anything. And then, you know, six, seven years later, when everybody get nominated and everything, and now it's like something, social media starts to pop. I have no documentation, you know what I'm saying? But it happened, you know what I'm saying? And believe the, me, please right? believe me. <laughs> no, it definitely <laughs> happened. And it's just like, yo, I tell those kind of stories. The cats are like, wow. And I'd be like, dang, I wish I had something to physically show people. But, you know what I mean? But that's the reason why, like, I don't, I got to start living in the moment and enjoying the moment, you know what I'm saying? So... I mean, I, I, to that, I should say, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right? You look back on it, well, I could have done it different. Yeah. I could have done this, I could have done that. However, the way I look at it now, sure, you can, you know, have a scrapbook of what you've done. But there's still a goal in mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's still that goal yeah. of landing that nationally distributed record. That. Well, see, that's another thing. I did. Like, I, I do have nationally distributed albums, you know what I'm saying? Like, internationally distributed albums. I mean, we had distribution deals in South Africa, a distribution deal in Japan at one point, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, the, <clears throat> the label that I'm currently on now, Hypnot, like, they have distribution deals on different continents as well, and nationally as well, you know what I mean? Through Fat Beats. So, even the, like, production stuff I'm putting on now, I have it. I have the, the national distribution, but... As far as like the national recognition, and the 
you know, all of that. Like, I don't have all that right now, you know, or maybe never will, but it was always something I was chasing, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I was thinking, y'all, mm-hmm. if I was thinking back then, the same way people use social media now, like, everything's documented, pictures, videos, everything, I often think about what my archive would have looked like if I had just took my camera and took pictures with everybody that I was doing shows with and took video of all of the shows I was doing and the, the, the places I was traveling. And then people could really kind of put it together and see like, yo, he was doing his thing, but I was doing that doing like the MySpace days. You could have got a digital camera, you could have got a food <clears> film. <throat> I could have. could have did any of that. I could have, but I didn't. Because I was so focused on trying to make the music and I ain't enjoy none of it, you know what I mean? Like, Chrisette Michelle, when she first got started, I know she ain't the most popular person right now. You know what I'm saying? She's <laughs> but, always a winner in my heart. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't care about Chrisette Michelle. You know what I mean? Chrisette, she's a really cool person, yo. Like, when she first got signed mm-hmm. and she had the song out with Jay-Z. Lost Ones? Or Lost what? Ones. And then she had another one out. She had her own song. But I don't remember. She had another Nas, one out with Nas. Nas right, she had the, like she had one with Nas and Jay Z at the same time. She was hotter than fish grease, son. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And her first show in DC, I I um I did the show with her. So it was me and her mm-hmm. at the Black Cat. I'm talking about the way she looked now. She ain't look nothing like that. She was a young kind of very shy individual. You know what I'm saying? We did the show. She came up to me after the show and said. You know, I was, I was telling her, I was like, you know, you know, good luck on, on your show, yeah, anything. And she was just like, she was like, uh, she was like, no, nah. she was like, I was sitting back and I was watching you and I was taking pointers because you was like working the whole room. You worked all the way back to the back of the state, you know, to the back of the room. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm going to do that too. Like, I'm, I'm going to start doing that. Now, at the time, she wasn't really like this big artist, you know what I'm saying? She just was like starting off and just like me kind of, you know what I mean? But... Had I been thinking, I'd have took the picture with her. You know what I mean? I'd have that's been like, exchanging info. Like, I was just like, yo, now, yo. It's like ex- exploitive, right? Like, it's almost like, like, look who I know porn. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Like, you're showing it off. And, and, and that was the one thing I ain't never want to do. Which is fine. I ain't never want people to think, like, oh, he think he all that. Because yeah, like, he doing shows, this, that, and that. And I ain't never, like, especially. What's it worth, though? What's it really worth? Because the, the same show is done with or without the photograph. The same show. Right. I mean, with the exception of like like passing information, like here's my contact information. Maybe we can right, right. like that kind of stuff. Great, because that's that, you know that's potential business, whether right. they call you or not. But right. like the photographs, like if you want to scrapbook it, I understand. Yeah, that's for me personally. Like you look around my studio now, I ain't got much documentation going on except for like Dilla stuff, the posters that I got from that. You know what I mean? And maybe like a plaque or two or something like that. But I wish I had a scrapbook of all the stuff that I've done. I just never thought about it. Like, I literally, I had too much on my plate. You know, I'm, I'm an independent artist, so even though I was with an independent label, I mm-hmm. still had to be the band leader. I had to be the guy, like, the manager. I had to take care of all the business, make sure the band was fed, make sure they had their drinks, make sure everybody was comfortable. I had a lot of stuff to take care of. My product, I had to go out sell my records afterwards. I didn't have time to take pictures. I have no, no money for a photographer and a videographer. So I just went, did my business, sold my records, got my money, and went home. You know well, what I'm saying? I, I guess now you're just going to be like, yo, I need two tickets. Because I need my, <laughs> right. I need my people like, to but, go through. But yo, for real, for real, like, that's the thing. Like, every artist yeah, now yeah, has that. Yeah. Every artist now has a photographer with them at all times, yo, because... To document this. To document everything, yo. And that's something I never had. And I was just like, dang. 
I wish I did. Like, if I could tell Cass the story, I'm going to tell you the story real quick of when I opened up for um for Robin Thicke, which is a crazy story, right? Mm-hmm. They originally um, hit me up to open up for him. His management was like, they come in, he was on tour, Lost Without You was hitting. Like, this one, Lost Without You, Robin Thicke was hitting. Mm-hmm. And he was on his, like, East Coast tour. He's like, I'm coming to Baltimore. They were doing the, um, the record theater. It's not the record theater no more. It's house. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But whatever. And so he come through, like he, they booked me for the show, and the about about five or six hours before the show, it was a snowstorm coming. It was an ice storm coming, yo. Yeah. And so they was just like, yo, he's coming from New York. He in the ice storm, and it was like, um, but we decided not to have an open act. So I was like, Dad, all right, cool, whatever. I was like, but I got paid, so I ain't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I got paid, and they, you know, they gave us tickets or whatever, mm. so I ain't care. You know what I mean? Um, but as I was at the show, he got stuck in New York, and they was like, Oh my God! Now we don't have an opening act. He was just gonna come and perform. Right, right. Now we don't have nothing, and people had been waiting for like two hours. He had pulled the Lauryn Hill. Mm. So the nerve of that white man. <laughs> the, the the record theater people came up to him and was like, I know this is last minute and I know we didn't do business very greatly. They was like, but, you know, do you think you can just get up there and kind of calm the crowd a little bit, do something? He's like, well, get up there and tell jokes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, I was like, huh? What do you want you know to do? Like, uh, I was like, okay. You want me to see me? Because my band ain't here. My band was not there, yo. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, this is how you know you got real riders with you, yo. It's an ice storm. A literal ice storm, right? Mm-hmm. I called up my man, Joel, Joel Mills. I said, Joel, I need a piano player. I need you to come through. He was at home in his drawers chilling. <laughs> it was like 10 o'clock at night. I said, yo, I just need you to come through, you know, whatever. So he like, all right, man. He get out of bed. He drive from West Side, Baltimore, come to the record theater, y'all. Plug up. I mean, his keyboard was in his trunk. It was cold. Mm-hmm. So it was actually like going in and out because it was so cold. It hadn't warmed up yet. And we got on stage and opened up. And I sung and we did songs and yada, yada, yada. And it worked out. And just as I finished, that's when Robin came through on the tour bus. And he was able to get right on stage. And everybody thought like it just happened like that. But it didn't. Everybody you know stayed. Saying? Right. <laughs> no, it was packed house. Yeah. Nobody left. But, you know, the record theater ain't got chairs. Mm-hmm. So everybody was sitting on the floor. Uh, Indian style. Indian style. Like in Not groups. Chris Cross Applesauce. Indian style. Indian style in groups. So it was like 20 people sitting here Indian style. Mm-hmm. You know, people just sitting, you know, drinking or whatever. But anyway, like little stuff like that, I wish I had a documented, yo. This is my speed days. You know what I mean? Facebook wasn't really jumping. Twitter was kind of jumping. You know what I mean? But little stories like that, man, I ain't really, you know... I don't really have. So, what's your plan? What's your plan moving forward? Like, you know, you're not quite the same lane anymore. Like, you don't quite sing. When they, when they, when they gonna let you sing again? So, I mean, the plan is, man, like, right now I have a production deal. So, I'm producing. Like, I got a project. Talking about, like, enjoying the ride, documenting. Oh, yeah. Well, that, kind of that too. Like, I mean, we got, we got Twitter and we got Instagram. So you're just gonna be like selfie, right? I can just right like now selfie. I can just pull out my phone, like like dig it. When I, I did the Capital Jazz Super Cruise a couple years ago, right? We talking from Stephanie Mills to like Larry Graham to Cassette to you know Bruce Bruce the comedian, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just was a, a star stutter sidebar. So did you get to speak with Cassette this time? I always yeah. I mean she remembered you. She yeah yeah. I mean it had only been like 
don't matter. Like she she did a lot of shows and stuff since then. Yeah, that is true. No, yeah, definitely. She remembered me. I mean, she she got my record and everything because I had, I had a new record that just came out. And she had, she she got the record from me. Um, she came to my show. Yeah. Because there's different like different places on the ship where people perform, and they had time slots, and she came to my show. And was chilling, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, she's, like I said, she real cool, y'all. Don't let this whole Trump thing. I don't have an opinion about this. <laughs> but a lot of people do. <laughs> like, like the media tore her to pieces, man. But, yeah, but see, here's the thing. It's not that the media tore her to pieces. Twitter tore her to pieces. Twitter is black Twitter. Twitter is black Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. The only thing that trends is whatever black people talk about. Twitter is. That's true. Twitter is the hood of the internet. Let's, let's keep true. it real. They That's can't true. make any money. They can't sell it because people are like, yo, it's a whole bunch of trolls and right. racist and angry people and right. black people. Like right. that's that's who tore up and I guess it counts. But it don't count. It, it counts in her pockets after the check sheet. Anyway, what I'm saying is that yeah, like we talking about all these people on this mm. cruise ship, y'all. Like all these big time artists. You know, Charlie Wilson was on the cruise ship, y'all. You know, okay, Charlie. You know, so that was the first time that I had like my Twitter and my Facebook was popping mm-hmm. and my Instagram was popping and so and I had my cell phone so I was able to document that so like if you go to my Facebook page you can see the pictures but like Bluey from Incognito Art Robeson you know what I mean uh, uh, Cut Creator my wife taking pictures with you know the cool in the game you know what I mean you know stuff like that like you know I was able to document that what's the song with Art Robeson what's the name of it it's, the song that I have with Eric is called Potential. That's probably my favorite song that you've ever done. And that's probably the biggest song I've ever had. It's probably my favorite. Like it just it just worked. Everybody was in the right field. And the album artwork was pretty nice too. But the album <laughs> this cat named, you know what I mean, Jerron did the artwork. But uh that was probably my favorite. Actually, the dude Jerron did like all the artwork for all my projects from like two thousand eight on. He's a pretty good designer. For free. I don't, I don't do that anymore, but for free. <laughs> for free, everybody. One year, I felt like I deserved executive producer credit because it was uh, the last one on Blackout. Who was that? Oh, Blue Midnight. Was it Blue Midnight? No, the one before Blue Midnight. What was before Blue Black Sinatra. That one. Because your computer went down and I had to fix your computer so you can get the records over. That is true. I, I, that I, is true. I felt like, yo, yo I, own, I still I had a computer. Be. That computer's right here underneath of this laptop, yo. I was like, yo, I should get EP credits. Yo, for real, bro. I should get EP credits. Because if it wasn't for me, this thing was not going to be fixed. This yo, not gonna be in. that's true. Yo, my computer used to crash like a big dog back then, yo. Like, and I was playing the kid. You hear me? <laughs> I had my own work. It's like I did everything on a piece of crap computer. <laughs> I did everything. But that was that was the album. But that was the album because it was so much work that had to go into it. Like that was yeah. the most acclaimed record, and then it also had like the most features. And, like, it had the most features. I mean, you know, Natalie from Florida Tree, Carol Reddick, you know, uh, substantial. Like, you know, Julie Dexter. They had like a lot of people they, on they it. Had, they had work on it. It's yeah. just that on the other side, they just was like sleeping. It, it, I mean, it, it, it yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't moving it right, Wayne. That was the one. Like you sh- that should have been. That was the break record. That was the. That, that was the a lot record. of people feel that way because a lot of people still play. A lot of podcasts and radio stations still are still playing music from that record. Yeah. So yes, that might have been the go-to moment, and it came out at the perfect time because that was the time when the Grammys had opened up the urban alternative category, and so that's how Eric got his Grammy nod in. All of my friends who I came up with mm-hmm. had a two-year window where everybody was getting nominated for Grammys because it was specifically for us. 
And then once Esmeralda Spalding beat out Justin Bieber, the Recording Academy shut that down. Well, not the Recording Academy. The major labels mm-hmm. shut that down. They was like, no I more. don't like her music. I just thought I'd put that out there. She's she's cool, man. I, she ain't like a her. great singer, but yeah, like, she's a bass player. She's a great bass player. She's a great musician, you know. But um, like I said, man, you know, it's just like all of those moments, you know what I'm saying, that I had. You know what I mean? I I was in New York one time, and I was on stage with, like, Cy, Cy Smith, and Michelle Dan Cachello was playing behind me. You know what I mean? Or one time in B-More, Theo, man, from the Cosby Show. Theo Michael Jamal the Warner. Show. Michael Jamal Warner was playing bass on one of my songs. You know what I mean? At a at an open mic event that yeah, I was I, doing, I just because like, he came through that night. That's like getting a, a, a Medal of Freedom <laughs> or something from the president if you got Theo. Theo playing Theo, bass. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was great. And my aunt, like, jumped his bones, too, like, that night. Too. Like, she, she was like, ah, Theo! And just jumped on him, yo. And she, like, anyway, anyway. She did that to Music Soul Child, too. I did a show with music. And she jumped his bones, too. I got that. She was like, I can't. Right, I can't invite her backstage ever again. No. <laughs> like, because she just keeps jumping on all of the artists that I'm doing shows with. But, like, nobody documented that. I'm, Theo one kind of let me down. Like, I saw this MySpace days and definitely commented, and it was on your, your wall. You had to scroll down a little bit, but it was there, and I was like, yeah. yo, that's Theo. He know right. you. Right. Theo know you. Like, not only that, he was like quoting my lyrics yeah, to yeah, my yeah. songs to back to me. Like, Theo was, <laughs> Theo was like in the groove with Jay Soul. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Like, yeah, so like around that time, like, that was, that was the, that was the golden era, so to speak. Like, that little three year window, but. I ain't tripping, man. Like, I feel like if you keep working, you know, a good friend of mine gave me this advice. He said, it's not about necessarily being the biggest artist at the time or having the biggest song. Mm-hmm. It's about longevity. It's about can you stay in the game long enough to get more opportunities? And so I guess that's what I'm trying to do right now. Like, I'm just trying to stay in the game so that I can keep getting opportunities because you can't get them if you're not in the game. You know what I mean? And I think... I was, I was telling someone just yesterday, like, because, you know, lottery, right? <laughs> the lottery, right? Right, the lottery. Right now, I don't know if anybody won or not, but one of the games was up to 300 and some odd million dollars. And I'm just like, you can't win if you don't play. So you got to get in the game to win. That's I see true. you, son. That, that's, what you, I'm, son. that's exactly what I'm saying. Yo, a lot of artists, like, all right, so I've been doing this since 2001. It's 2017. So I got 16 years under my belt. There's been a lot of artists in that 16 years that came and went. Mm-hmm. A lot of the friends that I know, a lot of cats that got in the game with all the ambition in the world and stopped doing it because they gave up. And then when the moment came for big things to happen, they weren't around. And out I was. I, st- I stuck in there and I held in there, right? You know what I mean? Right. So it's just like, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just taking a, a, a slightly different path. Because I'm doing production now. And I'm producing. And by the way, I produced Black Sinatra. And I produced Blue Midnight. So that record that was the most critically acclaimed one. That got over 20,000 spins on the radio. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Worldwide. Like, I produced that music. That's that's me, son. That's me. I did the beats for that. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I got to start learning even now. You know, to just take his advice Jay Cotton, you know, Jay Funk's advice. Mm-hmm. Live more in the moment. Kinda appreciate where I'm at instead of criticizing it. 
and I'll tell that to anybody else who's listening. Like, enjoy like the good the good things that happen to you. Enjoy them, save them, because it's not like you're gonna get that all the time. And then when time goes past and you get older, you can look back on it and say, "Yo, I fully enjoyed the moment." Because I can't personally say that I've done that. I've been working so hard. And I've been so focused that I did not enjoy a lot of that time that I had, you know what I mean? But I'm trying, yo. I'm, I'm getting better. It's a whole nother world, man. Everything's social media. Everything's social media. Everything is... It's all digital. It's all fine. Digital. One zero. One yeah. Zero. And that's, that makes it easy to document. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it goes into the cloud. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so the, the cloud is just the internet for anyone. Yeah, the, the internet, internet. You know what I mean? It's it goes into the cloud of the internet, and you can just go back to it whenever you want to, like a memory. But before then, you had to have a little Kodak camera. You remember the little orange box Kodak yeah. camera? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I, when I, I met Joe Scott a long time ago, yo, and the only way I could prove to people that I met Joe Scott a lo- back in two thousand, when what was the song she had? Uh, Getting in the way? No, 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 no. Uh, was it anyone on your vice and gravy? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't um, know. Was it, it Wu Tang? Then I don't know. I don't know. What's it called? It's Love? I think it's called It's, it's love. love. Yeah, all right, sure. Yeah, all right, yeah. So, anyway, and I'm terrible for not remembering that song because like, everybody knows it. Sure. But I met her, right? And the only way I can prove to people that that's a real story. As I actually took a photo of it. Like, <laughs> I actually took a picture of it. So I have an actual photo of Jill Scott, like, way before the changes and way before she was Jill Scott. She was real, she was literally known as Jelly from Philly back then. Jelly from Philly. Jelly from Philly, yo. Didn't know that. You know what I mean? I got a picture with Erica Badu when she was bald-headed, baby. This bag, this bag of old one as well. Yeah. I used to take camera, and then I stopped when I started doing music. So... I gotta get back to well, I am back to it. I got my phone now, so there you go. Man, I, I don't know, y'all. The moral of the story is take pictures. The moral of the story is take pictures. Take pictures. Take pictures. I would not <laughs> say that, <laughs> but I will say document. Say, of course, you know, document it, man. Can, can I take a picture of you? All right, here we go. That's Jerron because he's a photographer, uh, but. Yeah. I'm not a photographer, so. I'm not a photographer, I just take pictures, you know. People come up to me, other photographers who are like professional photographers, come up to me at shows and show me pictures on their on their cameras. They're like, I took this picture of you back in, the dude came to me last night. Mm-hmm. I took this picture back in 2013. I'm like, well, when was you going to tell me? So you, you want to tag me in it? So I get it. Like, can you tag me in it? <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, that's what I told him. I was like, yo, you just taking pictures of me. Like, you documented a moment in my life while I'm performing. Like, give me that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, so people do. I just didn't. You know what I mean? And I got a million stories like that, yo. Where I should have documented, I didn't. Bruce Bruce, we in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Bruce Bruce, yo. I'm up, we up in the little shopping center. You know what I mean? He had just, like, flown in to get on uh, the cruise ship. So we, we, we in the dock of Puerto Rico. And I hear, I saw him come into the room. Mm-hmm. But I had my back turned. Like, I, I turned my back as I was talking to my wife. And I knew as soon as he saw me, he was going to say something. <laughs> I knew it. I was just like, yo, he going to say something to me. I don't know what's going to happen, but he's going to say something to me, yo. Mm-hmm. He was like 20 yards away from me, and all I heard was, hey, second cousin. <laughs> hey, second cousin. 
I said, listen, he taller than me, yo. I turned around. He said, what's up, baby? I didn't know you was going to be on this cruise. <laughs> he came over and gave me that, but whatever. Now, I ain't never met Bruce Bruce day in my life. He a big guy. I'm a big guy. So now we second cousins. You know what I mean? I just knew that was going to happen. You know what I mean? But I should have took a picture with him. You know what I mean? I should have pulled out the phone or the camera and was like, yo, baby, take a picture of this show. Like, you know. But she's like, baby, I want to get. No, no, no. Yeah, just, you know, just, just hold, hold the phone, baby. Hold the phone. You know what I mean? Wonder Mike was getting fresh from my wife, too, by the way. Uh, from the Sugar Hill game? Yeah. I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello. And I was like, you need to chill. <laughs> Is that what he did? Nah, he didn't. That that I came with your wife? Nah. <laughs> Hey, baby, I am a wonder, Mike, and I like to say hello. I can imagine that that, that was his line for a while. He would, he would just do that, like, just right. Shit. Nah, I was just like, you know, she took a picture with him. His hand was kind of low, you know what I mean? Uh, but I was like, he, he like seven foot, though, so I didn't want to fight him. Big light skin fella, right? Yeah, he's yeah. big light skin, dude, yeah. and I didn't want to fight him, though, because he wonder, Mike. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, what if but, I go down as being the dude that beat up Wonder Mike? Yeah, that's that's not cool. That you, know, that's, that's, you killed Sugar Hill? Like, <laughs> one of them did pass away like shortly after that, too. It was kind of messed up. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, so. But that, yeah, that's funny. You know what I mean? That I should have documented. I, I should have documented this dinner I had with uh, Michael Collier. Anybody who don't know Michael Collier, the comedian on... Uh, Yo, for a second. He was on Martin. Uh, for a second, I thought he was dead. Just for a second. And I was like, no. Nah, he not that's, dead. That's the, that's the other dude from the Snoop Dogg videos. Mike Collier was probably... Yeah, that's Ricky Harris. Ricky Harris. Nah, like, this is Michael Collier. He was in um, House Party 3. Michael Collier, I remember his jokes were a lot about Stacey Adams. Like, he would describe, like, what he was wearing. <laughs> he would, yeah, yeah. Stacey Adams, he was Because he was always dressed to the nines. Like, he still do be dressing to the nines for his shows. But we ate dinner together, man, and... That was like the funniest hour of dinner I've ever experienced. I, I, we, we, me and my wife didn't eat we, because we were too busy laughing. You, you know, know what I mean? You know the worst thing you never do to a comedian? Don't laugh at them. They do not know how to respond to that. Like, if Bruh. You, I know you, you couldn't resist it because I'm sure it was funny. But if you could, just like sit there and look at them like they're crazy. They will lose their motherfucking mind because they are used to having that... That applause. And I don't know. See, he's a veteran, though, man. I, I so. got you. But if you don't laugh, it still makes him feel weird because he's used to yeah, standing right. up talking and people like laughing and applauding what he's doing. Yo, he got. I'm gonna tell you real quick. He ordered. He ordered eight pieces of corn on the cob. <laughs> <laughs> he ordered eight pieces of corn on the cob. He was like, God, this is a good corn on the cob. So he was like, keep bringing them. <laughs> He ordered like eight pieces of corn in the cup and he was eating them. He was offering it to us like, you guys want some corn in the cup? I don't know why, but it was so funny, yo. Watch him eat corn on the cup, yo. Then he ordered some cherry jubilee and started cracking on it because he was like, this ain't no cherry jubilee. I've had cherry jubilee before. Man, it was, he was so funny, man. He made this joke. I told him, told him that me and my wife had went to the Poconos mm -hmm. and they got like this, um, we didn't get it, but there's like they got rooms with like champagne glass, yeah, yeah, hot tubs, yeah. and so I was like, uh, they wanted to put us in one of those rooms, and I was like, nah, yo, I'm not getting the champagne glass. <laughs> like, I gotta climb. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta climb up five, six feet to get in a champagne glass, butt naked. Like you're not right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> then I look back and look. I was down like, and like oh, this is kind of hot. Like, mm. <laughs> I like a big. 
round piece of a chocolate duck jumping to a champagne glass. <laughs> jumping, jumping, you bottoms up. <laughs> right? All the, all the champagne come out. This is up the top. But nah, yo, he made this joke, yo. He was like, I was like, man, I couldn't get in the champagne. I, I want to do that. And he said, yeah, I see that champagne. He said, yeah, I see that stem breaking. <laughs> yo, he was cracking on me, but it was so funny, yo. I couldn't stop laughing at myself. You know what I mean? But yo, he was funny as on the way, yo. Like, I wish I had to, like, pull out my phone then. It was like, yo, just eating dinner with Mike Kyle. He cracking on me, whatever. You know, eating corn on the cob. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah. Yeah, I got so many, like, little... Little stories like that. We was on the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Traveling city to city, man. It's just like the funny stuff that happened. You know, doing shows with Dwelle and uh, Fertile Ground. You know, DeBoer Bond. Like, just traveling with them. Little stuff that, to this day, I cherish. And I remember for the mm -hmm. rest of my life. But I don't have nothing to show people that it happened. So... I don't need to know. They just need to buy the next record. That's all. Just buy the next record, yo. Purple That's Symphony is out right now. Blame it on the music. It's out right now. The video. I got a couple videos out, man. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, J-Soul, Black Sinatra. You may help me document. If you listen to help me document. I'm sure you were listening because you made it to this point. Jay, we've helped you document. Episode 10 of the By Chance podcast is proof of it. It's documented. So share it with your peoples. In the beginning, I asked if you can guess what I was looking at on my IG feed, but then I didn't remember that I actually said what I was looking at. So no points to anyone. You're all losers in my book, but, but, but you can get back at my good graces. If you hit up iTunes and subscribe, then rate, then comment. I know I'm asking for a lot, but it really isn't asking for too much when you think about it. So do it, do it because it's vital to me continuously bringing you more content and do it because it's easy, it's simple. Hit the hearts on SoundCloud, five stars on iTunes. I'd appreciate it very much. As always, I'm looking for guests, so reach out to me. That's J. Del Negro, anywhere on the internet, anywhere. If you reach a J. Del Negro and it ain't me, then you've been scammed and prepare for some hard inquiries on your credit report. One last thing. In life, the only safe thing you can take is a chance. See you all next week.